get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. Uh, I am your your host, I think. It might even be Trev at this rate, the way my voice is going. I can guarantee you that no podcasters were harmed in the making of this program. Um, you have <laughs> joining us uh, Capo, as we call him now, Dan from the North Bank, Block 5 and 6. Danish Gooner, you'll see a little bit more of him, a little bit more of his unreserved sign. And uh, my new host for tonight <laughs> trevor how are you trevor i'm struggling mate <laughs> i'm all right man. no i'm not helping you out self-inflicted i'm not helping you out at all you carry on. i'm just it's just amazing isn't it we've done it again with five in a row um i'm just so chuffed i'm gutted that i'm missing it i'll be at my first game this weekend and uh more regular after that but jealous of you boys last night jealous of you boys you're there to witness a great team for the second game in a row, not playing, not having the best of luck, playing really well, but still scraping a two-one win. I, I'm, I'm just couldn't be more over the moon. If, if you know, perfect. It's perfect. Five out of five, isn't it? Perfect. It's fantastic, Trev. And you know what? As I was uh, talking with this voice and reminiscing about last night with the lads before, as we, we before we come on, I did think. Flipping L. This I nearly went the wrong word there. Um, I, I went flipping L. This is hard on Trev because you're definitely hardcore Trev, and uh, yeah, uh, this is definitely difficult for you to nearly as difficult as for me to speak for you not to be at the games these days. Trev, I tell you what though, the atmosphere in that stadium is unreal. Um, myself and Dan over the last couple of weeks have made the effort of getting in early, like we did at the at the beginning. COVID, myself and yourself did. And uh, Dan's now becoming famous on 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 Twitter. I think you're going to have to change your handle to Capo Dan North Bank Five and Six. Um, <laughs> and and uh, Alex Danish Gooner, um, you you uh, you arrived into London, Stan said I met you yesterday morning. You sat in the garden, watched some UCF while I worked, and then later in the afternoon, evening, we 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 headed down uh, to London, and uh, we had a few sherbets, as they say, in in this part of the land. How did you enjoy your day, mate? I loved it, and uh, thank you again. Appreciate the the help. You came and picked us up early in the morning, and we went back to yours, and you did some work, and uh, we started on the beers eleven o'clock, I think it was. Um, you did, yes, I was working. Yeah. Remember that, yeah. Yeah, you were working. Yeah. <laughs> Don't land <laughs> me in it for Christ's sake. <laughs> Booking car hire for you and Trev, sorting oh, out your even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, was, right. it was a lo- long day and not had much sleep for the last two days, but I'll do it all over again. It was great time. Great time. It was fantastic. And listen, you experienced the North Bank before with your dad, but you uh, just briefly for the second half of a game against Brighton, which we didn't win, but you experienced the preamble uh, yeah. before. And obviously, the beers, we went to a couple of different pubs. You met some of the characters that you know from the group and from Twitter and so on. And you met Dan and his his fan circle and, you know, and, and, and so on. And you got, in, you, got in, you got involved, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, you'll be able to see in the videos. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, he's already showing it Yeah, so, as you can see, we had a lot of water yesterday. No beers, just water. <laughs> Trev, it was it was funny looking after two young lads. There was Sven, uh, not well, uh, Sven, uh, just Sven. Um, Sven joined us as well, and they had a really good time. And they they, they actually walked down your block and took some pictures before the game, um, and 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 they had a good time. Um, Dan, talk to us about like the atmosphere and how you started it up, just briefly, because we've done a little bit the last time, and then I want to get into the game. I'm just just it helps me while I load up with a couple of other bits in the in, in the background. Honestly, I've um, I've loved it these last couple of weeks. I, I think the a two one win has never felt so good, and um, just the crowd, everyone on board, and it's helped that there's there's been a few of the same sort of people that I've seen face wise as well. 
um, that have just joined in. And it's, it's just been so infectious. I, th- I feel like as soon as you get a bit of a crowd in there, you get a few people to gather around you, everyone's just joining in, it's spreading around the stadium. And I think not only in our block, I've seen videos even um, sort of upper tier, obviously, you know, the clock in with Ashburton Army is, is, has been going for a while, but it just seems to be spreading around the stadium. And, and I'm sure we'll touch on it later, but as soon as we're conceded, it's, it's that sort of environment that we're creating. It's just all over. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, that we're going to come into. Look, before we finish off in the atmosphere inside the stadium before the game, there's one uh, small video I want to show you. And I was explaining to uh, Alex um, uh, last night on the way home, the flag you see in here is right in the clock end, block 19 by the away fans. And uh, we're in the complete diagonal opposite. And this flag turns up to us uh, to join into the party and uh, follow Capo Dan. <laughs> and you can see in the chat that Nobby Clark is saying the upper, chair, upper tier was uh, rocking too. Trevor, looking at the lineups, mate, um, El Neni was replaced by La Conga. Um, I'll bring the lineups na- up now and we can uh, talk about them. So we had uh, uh, Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tierney, Sambi, um, La Conga, uh, Shaka, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, and Jesus. Um, do you think it was a good move bringing in uh, Sambi or Lakonga for El Neni? Or were you like some that wanted to bring in Zinchenko? Oh, always believe in your soul. Well, he played the team he had to play. I, I mean, Zinchenko wasn't in the match day squad, was he? So, no. No. played the team he had to play. And uh, like we said after the Fulham game, he played the team he had to play and the people he brought in were up to the job, weren't they? We win again. So, I've got no problem with... Actually, I'll have no problem with any team he picks all season, probably, because I'm that impressed. But, yeah, um, he could have gone either way, couldn't he? I, I think that maybe it was a bit soon for Vieira. Vieira ain't had many minutes, any minutes at all. Um, and Lukonga was the man to come in. So, yeah, in he went and uh, he did all right, didn't he? Did, did, he did really well. He did. I, I was actually quite impressed with him and others. Um, there was one angle, I think he, he made one foul that uh, people said he could have got a card for he got away with, but I, well, I didn't see it in the ground. I haven't watched back on all the high, uh, like the full highlights. I've just looked at shortened highlights, but overall we were quite impressed. We were talking among ourselves. There was only nine to my seat, I think, at one point. Um, but <laughs> and the North Bank, I tell you, that's going to have to change in, in safe standing. But yeah, um, Alex, what did you make of Lukonga? And let's say the, the first five or ten minutes of the game, how do you think we started the game? Uh, I was impressed by Lukonga because um, he really got thrown into the mix of it because he hadn't had too many minutes and he didn't really play too much last season either. But, um, I mean, it just helps when you've got good players around you. Um, and, yeah, he did very well. Like, did the simple stuff, um, controlling the tempo, um, just making the simple passes. And he was being physical in the midfield as well, getting the tackles in. Um, and yeah, I think we started all right. Um, still a bit blurry from yesterday, but I've watched back the uh, the extended highlights. Um, so yeah, I think we started off quite well. And uh, when I look back at the highlights, we had some big chances as well in the, in the opening 20, 30 minutes uh, where we should have scored. We we did, uh, and one of those opportunities uh, I'm going to show you now. I have to be really careful because the last time I put up some video clips of the of the game, YouTube ended up pulling me down, and you know, so I've, I've tried to limit them. I will put the sound off, uh, but this is um, the the Saka penalty claim, and I'd like to go around. I'll start with uh, yourself, Dan, uh, about this this, this um, penalty claim. We're at the far end of the pitch. Uh, it's quite far away. We've had waters, as Alex said. Um, we've been singing and so on. But for me, it looked like a clear penalty, didn't didn't you think? Yeah, I, I would say absolute stonewall. Um, I think in last year's standard, I think it has to be given. This year, they're obviously trying to be a, a bit more lenient. But even still, there's a clear pull on the lad. He's he's um, he's been pulled off balance, and he's not really made an attempt at the ball. I, I can't see how VR has not picked that up. Um, 
it baffles me how they are looking at certain incidents um, that seem to be within our club. But, you know, I, I don't believe there's a gender against the club, but the, the decisions are so inconsistent for something that, if that's anywhere else on the pitch, that's a foul all day long. And just because it's in a box, VR mm. will overturn it. And I think it, it goes back to what I said last week, is that if the referee isn't giving it, VR seems a bit reluctant at the moment to overturn it. And the same way that the referees are not giving it because they're using VR as a backup to look into them. And I feel like quite a few of them are slipping through the net for that reason. Trev, you were you were watching it from afar on TV. Uh, how did they cover that? Uh, because it was really interesting to understand how they covered it. Because a lot of the highlights I'm looking at don't even even touch it. I was in shock, to be honest, mate, because play went on for a little while after that happened. And I thought to myself, well, as soon as this ball goes out of play or there's a break in play, he's going to get called over to the screen here. I was that certain. I was just waiting for him to be called to the screen. I, I didn't think there was a, the slightest bit of doubt. And then when they said play on, they, they showed it again. And it's one of them decisions that we've had a few of this season. You just can't get your head around it, can you? You just cannot. You look at it and you cannot see reasoning. And, and it's not just Arsenal, in fairness. I mean, you know, we can go back to the hair pull at Tottenham v mm. Chelsea the other week. I'm not picking on Tottenham. I'm not picking on any teams in particular. I'm just talking about decisions. But you, you, there's a direct comparison there in that you, you look at them and you think, well, what is the VAR uh, official looking at? What are they seeing mm. there that's not an offence? Because I can't see it. I don't know what it is. You know, and it was it was totally baffling um, as to why it wasn't given as a penalty. When, it, when, I, when I first saw it, I didn't know whether Saka had leaned into him a bit, you know, and, and fell over. But then when you see it again, it's like, oh, wow, it's, it's a penalty. It's a penalty. He's wrestled to the floor. He's, 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 he's picked up and dumped by a, by a much larger man. And uh, it's an offence all day long. So what they see, I do not know. No, I agree, I agree. Alex, your, your view, just to, to, to finish off on that one. Yeah, I think you could draw comparisons to the penalty we had a, against uh, Chelsea last season where Aspilicueta uh, pulled down Saka in the penalty box. And as, as you guys said, he has no eye for the ball. He's just gone straight for the man. Um, and I think if he would have uh, given it a penalty, nobody would have said a word. Um, so yeah, it just should have been a penalty. Okay. Yeah. No. no I, I. 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 do agree. I do agree. Um, well, before we, Ferg, just before we move, while we're on, because you know what I'm like at my age, my memory goes. While we're on about Saka, right? It, it, anybody, anyone that's been saying recently that Saka's not been playing at his best, and maybe there's a case for that, needs to look back at that game last night and look at his contribution last night. Saka was superb last night. He was right on top form last night. I don't know how you boys saw it, but he really um, did impress me last night. I, I, I have to agree. I, I've, I've agreed with you uh, uh, and I brought up the question about uh, Saka and does he need resting and would you have rested him again last night in, in, and brought ESR uh, on in his place? And I think what he get criticised about is similar to what Odegaard got criticised against Palace, and I keep on referring back to that game because I've seen loads of stuff on Twitter, and everybody on Twitter know, know that those people know more than all of us put together. Um, that uh, they, they were they were all criticising the um, the miss he had, how he could miss that goal. Now, for me, Sack is not a prolific striker. Okay, yeah, he was one of our well, he's a midfielder anyway, a winger, but he's he he, he scored a top number of goals last season, but that's not his job. His, his job is to assist. And um, I, I, it was unfortunate that it, it it could have been an easier shot, but I just I just found I just found the criticism harsh, and I do agree with you, Trev. Dan, come back to Trev on that one. Yeah, to be honest, I, I was quite impressed. I thought he looked dangerous all night. Um, as as I still think he has most of the season, he, he's running off the ball. He's always dangerous and stretches the pitch. Um, end product in terms of an assist last night. I do agree, though, that at some point that if he wants to take it to the next level, when he wants to be a top, top level wide man, like a Mo Salah or, you know, Ronaldo when he was at Madrid on the wing, he has to score goals and he has to improve his finishing and score goals. But that's not a, a criticism of how his current form is. That's just if he wants to take it to the next level, he has to step up. But, 
yeah, I think he he was dangerous. He looked great, and um, as the, most of the team did, I think just the team in general was quite sort of sloppy in terms of their finishing last night. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Alex, uh, we're going to move on to Jesus's uh, first goal. Uh, the Brazilian forward had a sweeping low effort. Um, from Martinez, who will be a topic of conversation um, as we go along. But Martinez fumbled a shot from Shaka, and then um, Jesus was sitting there in the box. <laughs> Look at Trevor laugh, yeah. no way. Uh, he, he fumbled a shot. Here we go. Oh. He could exit the open half an hour after they deserved this goal. They've been knocking on the door, and eventually they found the opener. I meant to turn the audio off on that. <laughs> Go on, talk, talk us through that then. Fergus, Martinez played played for Arsenal in the 80s, mate. Right. <laughs> Martinez. Listen, you know I'm Irish dyslexic and I can't pronounce your name. Never mind Martinez, Martinez, Mar- Heinz mayonnaise. Where's he? On the other hand, Martinez played for Villa last night. And- <laughs> It was a pleasure to see him make a couple of mistakes, actually. I, I loved him at Arsenal. I've gone right off him now. And it was added, the reason I've gone right off him was added to last night by his antics, yeah. and we'll talk about that shortly. We know that. But um, just a sign of a good striker, isn't it? We've, we've, had, we've scored some goals this year where we've had a rebound and a tap-in, haven't we? I think Jacques has had one. Jesus. That's, yeah, that's, it was similar to the, to the goal at Leicester, wasn't it? Yeah. And so that means we're getting in good positions in the box to pressure the keeper and to pick up the, the ball that, that rebounds into space. So I was over the moon with that goal from Jesus. You know, you can say it was lucky, but you've got to be there to put it in the net. So he'll do for me, that boy. And you, yeah. and you wouldn't be far away, Heath. <laughs> Thank you, Heath. It's a tradition now. I can't pronounce his name the right way, so I always have to call him Martinez now, don't I? So there we, we go. We all knew what you Dan, meant. <laughs> Dan, um, the, the the goal was fantastic. Celebrations were were raucous. Um, what did you make it make make of the goal? And, and what did you make it again? Another game that Granite Shaka really performed at a top level again. And we're saying it time after time after time. I think he's starting to he's stepping up when we need him. Um, but I think anyone on form, if they're playing well, deserves to be in the side, no matter what you think of them on a personal note. You know, this this guy deserves his place in the starting eleven at the moment, week in, week out. And that's why these calls for people that are saying to move him back into the sort of defensive midfield role, never never for me. You know, keep him as far away from our goal as possible and keep him in the role that he is because he's performing well and he deserves to keep his place. Um, but we've, we've got to fill the role that Partey's... Um, you know, when he's missing and then he's being out as well. Um, whether Lekonga can do that long-term, I'm not so sure. I felt he had a good game yesterday, Lekonga. Um, I felt he got a bit fatigued after 60-odd minutes and he dropped off a bit. But look, the team's playing fantastic. Um, we honestly could have had a hatful last night. That's the only thing for me. The only It's a good criticism in a way that, you know, we won. We got three points. Everyone's over the moon. Against tougher opposition, we need to be burying those chances. Um, I don't think we'll get as many chances at Old Trafford on Sunday, and hopefully we'll we'll take one or two more. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, moving into the second half, um, we had um, a goal. Uh, what was seventy-seven minutes? In, in fairness, before we get to that, Villa didn't really offer anything, did they, uh, Trev? They didn't didn't offer any real threat. They didn't oh. didn't. Didn't make um, Ramsdale work at all. Didn't really make our defence work. Uh, we were talking among ourselves, chatting, saying that um, uh, s- saying that you know the defence looks good. And I turned around to somebody and said, "Well, defence looks all right because they're not actually being challenged whatsoever." Um, what were your thoughts on that? I thought that that uh, I wasn't worried in the slightest about Villa. To be honest, mate, in the first half I was just gutted that we didn't get the goals that. That our performance warranted, I thought. I didn't think Villa posed any threat at all. Any threat they did pose was quickly snuffed out. Um, and I honestly think that uh, Villa are not a very good side at the moment. If I'm honest, um, they, they they don't they don't offer anything. And uh, it, they they were lucky to get the goal they scored. We all know what, how it went in and what happened. It was one of them freaks. And 
I think that the fact that they got one goal done them a favour. They weren't worth one goal last night, Aston Villa. I didn't think they played very well at all. Could, Ferg, when we finish talking about this, can we come back to Xhaka? I've got. I want to ask Dan and and uh, Alex about uh, your question about Xhaka. Just, just just go with that first before we go into the goal and so on. So yeah, I mean, Xhaka is Jack. As much as on this podcast, we have been guilty of um, of saying that we don't like Xhaka on many occasions, right? But we're also a very fair and honest podcast, aren't we? You know, we get plaudits for that because we, we say it how it is. And I, I, this season, I've not seen Xhaka put a foot wrong, right? And I'm thinking, have we been wrong all the time since he's been here? Has it been the fact that he's been a decent player all that time, playing in a poor Arsenal side? Because he's changed all the men around him and suddenly Xhaka is shining with them. So, I don't know. I can't work it out, mate. But I've got to be fair to him. He, he deserves a minute of, of, of discussion because there's no doubt that he's bossing our midfield and he's and he's getting forward and he's a threat. And he's a better player this season than I've seen at all, mate. Yeah, I, I agree, Trev. Like, I think it's a mixture of things that's... Uh, made his Im- improvements like he's playing amongst better players in a better squad um, he's playing a different role uh, not as much uh, defensive responsibility uh, as Dan said we want him as far far away from our goal as possible uh, but he's doing everything else um, in the midfield uh, getting into good positions in the box as well like we saw yesterday taking shots inside the box he did that against Leicester as well where um, the goalkeeper dropped Dropped the ball uh, at the foot of and the feet of Jesus as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's a mixture of things that's um, made him improve as a player. Agree. Yeah, I mean, ju- just to come back on that, Trevor, I think some plaudits need to be given to the management team. You know, the the idea of a manager is to bring out the potential of a player and minimise their negative points. Definitely. Yeah. And I think by pushing him into this position, that's exactly what they've done. They've got a team in and around him that near enough have the legs for him because if, if there is a criticism of him it's, it's his legs and his pace um, keeping him away from being in situations that will get him into trouble and allowing him to flourish and, and do what he's good at um, I think he's always been a player for me that could pick the ball up and spray the ball about um, you know even a few years ago he was the link player that would pass the ball into the guy just off the front man and, and, and feed the ball through do, the lines Do you think that with the change of position that we put with Shaka, and we seem to have pushed him into this more forward eight role, I mean, dabbled with it at the end of last season, and we seem to be doing that more now. He's playing more the role that he plays for Switzerland. And I know a lot of our, our, our gripes about him are down to the antics after the Palace game in 2019. So I think we'll just file that and it's there. We all, we've all got it. So looking forward, do we think this is the future position for this guy and, and, and that he, you know, he is going to be become a really good Arsenal player for once without the baggage. I, I still think he's a short-term solution, in my opinion. Now, he he's playing fantastic. He deserves his, start, his place in the starting lineup, And exactly as you said years ago, there will always, for me, be that slight limitation. However... That would never be, you know, I would never boo a player. I've never been for that. Anyone that wears a shirt is an Arsenal man and, and should be should be cheered as anyone else. I don't think I would go as far as singing songs for him. Um, I do think the disrespect to the badge can't ever be forgotten. However, a player that is playing as well as he is deserves his place. But as I said, there, there, are, there are limitations to him. And I think some of them limitations are clear. And the management team are doing very, very well at the moment to stifle those negative parts of him. But if we want to go to the next level and be not just a team that wants to get into the top four, but a team that not only wants to win the league title, but to win a league title regularly and to win the Champions League, I don't Mm. think he is that player. But I do think he is a player that could bring us to that level until we find the next star that can be there. Because we are still with this. The only criticism of this current squad I can say is we need that world-class player that can do it on his own, like Sanchez did a few years ago, like a Thierry Henry, that sort of guy that I feel would propel us to the next level. And that could be the area that we upgrade on. Okay. Trev, anything to add? Yeah, 
I sort of slightly agree with Dan and I disagree with Dan because I think the most important um, improvement to Xhaka's game has been what goes on in his head. Every game I've seen up until this season, the first thing that came into my head was we'll be lucky to keep Xhaka on the field for, for 90 minutes. And I've not I've not had that concern at all this season. I've not had that concern at all. What was that? Xhaka leaving the building. Oh no, that was Pepe's taxi. Sorry. <laughs> you see, and you've got to remember, and, and Dan's Dan's spot on about Arteta and his team doing the job. Of course he is. Of course Arteta and his team are doing the job. But it's not just about playing with party that's freed Xhaka up. It's the four players that play behind Thomas Party that also free Xhaka up. Every every one of us surely has got more faith in the back four we play now than any back four we've had in the last six, seven, eight, nine, ten years even. You know? I've got more faith in this back four. And, and, and if we've got more faith in them as fans, the other players on the field are going to have more faith in them, you know? So I think it's a mixture of things. I do agree with Dan, a lot of it must be given to Arteta and his team. But, yeah, I'm, I just needed to get it out there and let's have a chat about it, the fact that Arteta this year has been a massive bonus in our side. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree, I agree. Look, Villa improved after the break and they found an equaliser from a direct corner. Uh, David, uh, Douglas Louise, who's linked to us tonight in the transfer window and it's on, off, on, off, and we're not going to get into that one. Um, uh, uh, on 74 minutes... Uh, there was a, a corner that was slung in. Now, Alex, I've got to come to you on this one because we talked about it on the tube on the way back, and uh, there's been there was two two um, incidents very similar, and this one is probably not so much the harshest one, but they were both not given, and this went to VAR, and I'll talk to Trev after this because you would have seen the VAR better than us. This is. So this is uh, Douglas Luiz. He's, uh, he's he's put the ball in. Do we not think that uh, Aaron Ramsdale is impeded there? Yeah, for, for sure. I I think he is. Um, you can see. I think it's Kamara, uh, the midfielder. He's. You can see he's got his arms around Ramsdale, um, and like he's standing his ground so Ramsdale can't get out to the ball. So he's like actively hindering uh, Ramsdale to come come out for the ball. Uh, I have no clue why it didn't get overturned. I thought it was a. I know that like sometimes we say the goalkeepers are overprotected and stuff, but I think in this case it's just like a clear foul. Mm. And 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 we couldn't see it clearly from our end because it's down the other no. end uh, and and impeded by uh, vast consumptions of water. Um, Trevor, <laughs> you could see it on TV. You saw the replays. You saw the VAR. Mm. What was your genuine, honest? Blinkers off, and I know that's difficult for you to do sometimes with rose tinted glasses on. Um, what was your uh, opinion of it? You know me, I'm the biggest uh, wearer of rose tinted glasses on the planet, but I'm I, I, I'm I'm in the minority here because I didn't think it was a foul. I thought that uh, the bloke the bloke stood in front of uh, Ramsdale, and it was just one of them situations where he just stood. He didn't. He didn't push or pull Ramsdale. He just stood his ground and refused to move and uh, kept Ramsdale away from the ball. I'm not blaming Ramsdale. It was just one of them situations where it all fell into place. And uh, but he's he's not backed into Ramsdale. He's just stood his ground. Look, he's just stood but there. Look, he's got his he's arms around him. It's uh, no, I, I don't know now. Seeing that again, I'm, I'm unsure. See it differently. Um, yeah. Uh, to, to be honest, there was there was another incident, which is probably the other incident I'm thinking of, which I saw uh, on some highlight clips where he did have his arms around him. On, on that one there, I, I don't know, actually. Now I'm a, a bit unsure. Well, anyway. He's got it now with that comment, right? In my, you know, if, if, there's a, if there's a player standing on the goalkeeper, then one of our big central defenders should go and stand on that player. Then that changes the whole ball game, you know. But they didn't. They left him there. Whether Ramsdale said leave him there, I'm quite happy with it. I don't know. But it was a curling corner. It curled in the near post and it was one of them things. I didn't think it was a penalty. But uh, I didn't think it was a foul. Excuse me. Um, 
But then again, who know, if it, it went to VAR, it could have gone either way. But I didn't think it was a foul. I'm sorry, boys, if to disagree with you all, but. Okay. Honestly, I think um, I'm, I'm sort of indifferent. In I think I'm a bit in between. Uh, I think if it's any other player in the in the box, it's definitely not a foul. You know, th- there is an awful lot of that on any player. The goalkeeper is often protected, and I think that is what people are getting at. But I, I do agree. Normally, you would position a defender in between the keeper and, and the opposition player, and then the keeper would be free to come and collect the ball. But I think it's more down to actually just a very good bit of skill. And from what I've seen, they've been practicing that quite a bit. Yeah, a lot have been making, uh, a lot of people have been making a lot, especially with transfer deadline day and everything else on tonight, um, about um, Douglas Louise didn't celebrate and also the chatting with um, Jesus and and Douglas Louise after the game. But like, you know, bro up here and just like, there's a lot more to it than that. He just stood there very arrogant in front of his old fans with chest puffed out, in my view. Listen, um, if you are watching on YouTube, if you listen on any of the other channels, get to YouTube, click the like button. Uh, we're running on two days ago and already we've got 10 new uh, subscribers and we thank you very much for that. Um, moving on, look, that was 74 minutes in and I, I, I picked a quote out of one of the, the, the publications I read and said, 78,000 pairs of aisles I might have rolled. Um, they've seen that uh, it before that venue, full stones like few before, not like last night as the volume group got louder. Um, and I just thought that summed it up in absolute, absolute perfect words, even though I can't speak them properly. But um, it just went silent for about a second. And then it just went, Arsenal, Arsenal. And everybody and the crowd, the noise just lifted. Uh, Alex, you've mm. seen that on telly from afar. You, you've, not, you, you, you've been there and not seen us at our best before. And yeah. to see how that crowd lifted that team and the results, which we'll talk about afterwards, you know, how, how did it feel and what did you think of, of the reaction of the players and the crowd? Yeah, it's just clear to see, like, it's different now compared to the other seasons. Like, I think we lift each other, like us as fans and the players, and uh, they feed off of it. Um, and how many times now this season have... The other team scored, and we've gone straight back and uh, and scored at the other end. Um, so yeah, it's just clear to see um, that we don't crumble under pressure as well, because um, the other seasons when we've had adversity, we spoke about it on the last episode as well. We haven't really, when we've gone down, we haven't come back and won the game. Uh, but this season has just changed, uh, and I think it's partly down to the fans as well, um, supporting the the team. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Alex has nailed it. Alex has nailed mm. it there. I mean, you know how much I'm suffering watching it on the telly this year, this season so far. Mm. But Alex has absolutely nailed it there. The, the 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 lift was noticeable on the TV. You could notice the lift. You knew, you knew from watching that there was an atmosphere in that stadium. It was amazing. Mm. It was it was amazing to watch. And and the second point Alex made is just as important and just as true, just as correct is in that. If a team goes a goal down or, 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 or gives away a goal like we did last night, and then, as you said, Fergus, within 10 seconds, the fans are loud and, and raucous and cheering them on. Yeah. The, the, the odds are that they, they, they're going to lift their game and go up the other end and score, just as they have done in the last two games. It was I, I was so proud. I'm so proud of the Arsenal fans all season and the back end of last season, to be honest. Um, and it felt like it was at another level last night. After after they luckily equalised, it was I was so proud. It was lovely. It was wonderful. It's like three games in a row as well. It it happened like at Leicester and Fulham and and then this game as well. Yeah. Mm, mm. And um, let me just turn the volume down because I don't want to get done by Sky. They're probably going to pick me up on the video clips already anyway. But um, a Saka assist to Martinelli screamer. And let's let's even while we look at talk about this goal, also look at that goal that should have been the one when he hit the crossbar. Dan, uh, talk us through this. I mean, I think firstly it's uh, it's great to see some flappy hands go at that ball, um, and then uh, the ball end up in the net. I can't complain about that. I'm not one for booing past players, but um, when a player comes out and criticises us as he did when he left, well, uh, 
fair play. And he always pulls out a great game against us. And I think it's about time he had a couple of mistakes in him. But um, look, Saka with the assist, as we said, you can be dangerous all game, but you need a bit of end product. And he had it there. It was a good um, good cross back to, to Martinelli. And um, we've seen a little bit of a different side of Martinelli this season. I think he's just started to have a bit more end product. You know, last season, he's always been dangerous. He stays out in the wing. He gets the ball and he, he will always commit and run at a fullback. But this year, he's been doing that, but also finding space in the box and been able to score a few goals. Um, and exactly Why is that? earlier, I think if you want to take it to the next level, you need to be able to do that. And, um, you know, could that be, again, down... Uh, I'm not going to just suck up to Arteta all day, but um, is it down <laughs> to him? You know, a lot of people have said, for example, Raheem Sterling working with him, that he's very good at working with wide men. And... Could this be a product of of his involvement with him for a couple of years? People criticised Martinelli being held back a few um, like a year or so ago, and, and saying you know he needs to play, he needs to play. Maybe it just fell into place at the right time, and then he's ready to play, and he's now been unleashed. That he's ready. I think it's it's down to himself as well. Like we saw it in the uh, all or nothing. Uh, all the tr- the trainers are all the coaches are saying that he he works so hard in training. So it seems like he's just hungry to learn and to become better. But I think that also comes down to the management. You know, we, we've seen yeah, for sure, for sure that most players, you know, ninety nine percent of the squad are at it. it seems to be in training mm. from what we've seen, and if they're not, they're on the way out. And I think it's a case of everyone is is buying into exactly what he's being asked of them. And yeah, I they're think creating a culture. Of, though. This is a bit of our response that we had yesterday. You know, one is that one is the crowd. Definitely, it's because of the crowd. The crowd realise that this team are giving everything for them and mm. we win or lose or draw the fans are behind them and, and appreciate what they're doing. But I also think that the players are able to play a little bit more free because they are fully committed to this plan and they know that if they concede a goal, they've got full belief that they'll go up the other end and get another goal. And they're sort yeah. of, as, as, a, as a Wenger phrase that used to say, playing without the handbrake on. Mm. And yeah. For, for some reason, for some reason, we lost our connection on Facebook. So if you're watching Facebook, um, it can be a bit temperamental. Please go to the YouTube channel and 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 always watch on there. It seems to be a bit more stable. Um, I'll try and get it connected, but it might jeopardise the whole show. So that will will continue on there the next time. Um, with the videos you've shown, Ferg. No, no, it's it, it, it's to do with the platform we use. You've got to renew connection and stuff every so often. It never gives you a warning before you line something up. It's just a technical stuff that I didn't do. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, expected to be expected. You know, expected. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted, mate. I've been entertaining. Yeah. I've been working. I've been supporting. I've been uh, assistant capo. You know, Jesus mm. Christ. You know, it's. Do you know what Dan has? Dan has, let's get back to the football, right? Dan has said it a couple of times tonight now, and, and I'm loving this conversation with these two lads tonight because um, about the, the, the management team and the coaching team needs to take so much credit. And he said that, and we saw it on 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 the, on the TV show about how well Martinelli has been training and how enthusiastic he is and, and how they're developing him. But I can't think of one Arsenal player this season where I've thought, oh, he's having a bit of an off-season. Oh, he's not playing so well. Every single one of them, to me, appears to have improved or, 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 or appears to be playing exceptionally well. And as Dan rightly, Dan rightly gives them the credit, and so I'm not, I'm not butting in on Danny, but Dan rightly gives them the credit that that's got to be down to a magnificent coaching team and manager at our club. It's all falling into place, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. Um, listen, uh, the, the, I want to go on and talk about uh, a couple of other things. Um, I want to talk about uh, Martinelli. Um, uh, no, not Martinelli. Um, uh, look, I don't, Martinelli. I want to talk about <laughs> no, not this guy. <laughs> no, not this guy. <laughs> okay, not this guy. The ex-Arsenal, now Villa keeper, Martinez. Okay, did I say it right this time? I never know know if I've said it right or wrong. But um, he, uh, let's bring this on. Um, Is that the one? No, that's the goal. Uh, I'll let, okay. You you carry on talking while I line this up, um, then uh, Trev. Well, what Fergie's trying to line up now, I know exactly what he's, he's not told me, but I know what he's doing. 
I it's, it was I laughed. I properly laughed out loud when I saw Martinez's antics. I, I I really properly laughed out loud, and I laughed out loud even more that he didn't get booked for it. It was just disgraceful. Just disgraceful. It's no wonder the Arsenal fans have gone off him. Firstly, he talks a load of rubbish, and now he's doing things like that. It was horrendous. It was, well, as I say, it wasn't horrendous. It was funny. It was hilarious. Funny. How can a human being actually do that? I don't know. It I mean, if it's one, I think it is, though, Trev. Didn't they give it as a foul the opposite way? Yeah, Villa got the foul. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what so, makes it even worse. So, so here we go. The stadium boys, could you see what he'd been up to in the stadium? It was right in front of us, Trev. It was right. It was right in front of us, and I, I, I was watching him in particular, and he, he pulls back Jesus. <laughs> he grabs him by the neck like that, pulls him back, and then he falls down on front of the referee. And after that, that clip, they do, it, the cameras pan off. He then starts holding his head like he's yeah, shot. He does, um, yeah. He, he subsequently gets up, and I think Alex sent me the uh, still. Um, he then the, the, there's a, a good picture which I had, which was uh, Alex. Did you send it to me or Dan? Did you? Mm, uh, I might have sent it to you. I'll see if I can. Find uh, they, hey, well, no, it's just remonstra remonstrating with the referee. Oh yeah, so, like you I've, know, and I've sent it and to it's, you. Yeah, I, I I can't find it right now, but um, it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. How can the guy? think he can get away with this and he's not carded and even worse still that the referee goes and gives it against um against jesus it, to be honest it sums up tierney's uh, performance the whole night i thought it was very very poor trev did it come across like that yeah it was it was well, how many times do we use the word inconsistency we use the word inconsistency about the, the officials, and that still applies. But this season, there's a new word to use about these officials. and We, we, we touched on it earlier, didn't we? And the word that I use now is gobsmacked. Because I'm absolutely gobsmacked at some of these decisions they make. We're going to repeat ourselves here, but it's worth repeating just for a few seconds. You look at these things like that, and like the VAR decision, and you think, what are they watching? What are they seeing? These are highly paid, full-time, very fit, supposedly knowledgeable officials officiating in the greatest league on the planet. And that's the standard. God help us. We could all do better. Us four on here now, we could, we could say we could all do better as a VAR official. And you couldn't disbelieve us. You couldn't pick fault with our argument. Because our evidence would be, look at this, look at what they've been doing all season. It's it's horrendous. Yeah. Do you know what, Trev? The, the thing is, okay, the ref can make a mistake there, but what is VAR looking at? Because for me, that is a foul. That is a foul on Jesus. And if he's in the box, that's a penalty. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I don't know if... Is there a rule that if it's in his hands, it's not in play? I don't know, but surely that's a penalty. That's, that's a foul... All day long. I think they should implement like retrospective bans as well for like diving and stuff because otherwise it, it doesn't have any consequences when they do this stuff. Well, that's do you know what, Alex? That's we've we've spoke about that in the past some considerable time ago, and mm. it's a good point you make, mate. Um, I, I and I don't know why they shy away from it. I don't know why they shy away from it. They make up all sorts of excuses, don't they? They seem mm. to make up rules as they go along. Um, and why we can't have retrospective yellow cards as a minimum for stuff like that, who mm. knows? Only those few people that sit in the PGMOL know that. And maybe yeah. they don't even know themselves, to be honest. Yeah. Arnie has made a comment as well. Um, and it's a good point as well. No English referees in the international games. World Cup and, and uh, the Euros. You see, when, let's go back. It's, it's interesting. We go back to the hair pull, but we spoke about the hair pull, Tottenham-Chelsea, so we don't need to, to, to dwell on that. But after the game, Mike Dean, who was the VAR official that day, mm. 
was, was quoted, and I don't know if it's true, but he was quoted in media outlets as saying that there was no rule in place to cover that offence. But well, surely it should, it should well, just go under violent conduct. Of course it is. Dangerous play, violent conduct. You know. Of course, that there's no rule saying like you can't pull each other's hair. Of course, there's no rule saying that. But surely it's just like violent conduct Absolutely. and it should be red carded. Absolutely. And the man that's made that decision is the new head of the VAR department at the PGMRL. Yeah. That's Shocking. the man that's made that decision. It, it beggars belief, doesn't it? It worries you. Oh, Fergus is gone. We can all talk now nicely. Um, yes. But, uh, oh, he's... Uh, just for the for the benefit of people out there, Fergus has gone to the little boys' room to uh, <laughs> have a wee. You'd have thought he'd have uh, done that before the show, but you know he's not that professional like the rest of us. So, we are you are you following the deadline day? Cheers, Rev. Thank you. I got, no, I got your back as well. Then anytime, mate. Anytime, I got your back. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I don't follow deadline day anymore, Alex, because it means you have to watch that bloke, that Cavi. Cavi oh, yeah. whatever his name is. And he's the... Oh, he, he rubs us all up the wrong way, doesn't he? It's Tommy Asu comments. Well, what's, oh, the, what's his name? Cavi something, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, so... It's not worth watching. Fergus, you're butting in now. You're not in the show. You wait till... You're <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen... We'll, we'll ask you when you're ready. <laughs> I, 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 I was just going to try to move it on a little bit from my... Um, my, my um, my urination comments that uh, you, you try to talk about. Um, but Odegaard, he was substituted uh, and mm. was a fear of him being injured. And also I want to talk about substitution in the sense of it was good to see Smith Rowe and Eddie. Eddie came on at 88 minutes and he had a, a, quite a good, uh, a lot of impact. And you could see he was right in front of us, uh, Dan. You could see uh, what he what he was doing. He he seems to have bulked up. He seemed to, he's, he's definitely more with, the game, I, I, it sounds like a stupid phrase, but it just seems to be more engaged, more part of it than he was, uh, I don't know, the end of last season. Is it competition with places making him, you know, trying to get into the starting eleven? I mean, look, last year he had a bit of a point to prove when he first came into the squad to try and get a place, but he's got someone that is performing very, very well in front of him and he knows that every minute he gets on that pitch he needs to make it count. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree. He does look like he's bulked up. He does look a lot sharper. Um, a lot of the runs that he had at the end of the game to, to keep the ball and, and slow things down and just take a bit of pressure off us, um, I thought were great. The only thing you can quite tell is that I think he's quite eager to get a goal and to score. Um, as I think there was a there was a shot he made right near the end where he probably should have either laid the ball off or kept it. But um yeah, look, it's not a bad thing, is it, to have players that are, that are looking sharper and trying to get into the squad. We will need him to play. And um, he'll, I assume, be our Europa League and Cup striker this year. For sure, for sure. Um, Alex Odegaard, uh, you might have picked up something in um, Scandinavian press. Uh, any any, any more that you might hear? I haven't heard anything about uh, I just heard. Uh, I just heard Arteta's post-match comments saying it was... Um... He he got kicked uh, in a challenge and and he yeah he felt some pain from it or whatever but hopefully it's just the the like from from the kick and it's nothing serious. Okay, Trevor, um, your man of the match. Then who would you say your man of the match was? Oh my good golly! Do you know what? I want to <laughs> give it to Saka. I want to give it to Saka because he we've been on his back. Well, I haven't been on his back. I've not been on his back. No, that's the wrong thing to say. He, he, people have been saying he's not been playing to his best, but I thought he had a really good game. Okay. Uh, the stats of the game were 59% to us, 41% to them, 14 chances off target, eight on, one off and three on. I didn't even see the three on, really. So we really dominated the game. Game uh, Dan, um, he went, uh, Trev went, uh, Saka, who are you going for? I think I'd go Martelli. I think um, Saka will probably be a close second, but I think you could have picked a lot of players last night. As I said, I think, look, we're coming on Jack. I think he had a great game. Um, I think Lukonga had a very good 60 minutes and then fatigued. Um, someone that's going under the radar that Trev said last week, Ben White. 
Yeah, um, I was just about to say. I'm, I'm going to repeat my comment that I still feel we need it right back and I still think that he's a square peg in a round hole. But he's a very good square peg at the moment. He's, um, <laughs> he's, he's proven a lot of people wrong. And um, I think for that reason, again, like people saying Jack are moving holding midfield, they're also saying Ben White. I think at the moment, I don't think he's one that I would change. Um, I think he's probably right to be starting. I think the left-back role can change between Zinchenko and Tierney, but I think Ben White's got that right-back spot. But yeah, Martin, um, Martinelli for me for the man of the match. There's a couple of Heaths gone, Ben White. Um, uh, Alex, where are you going? Yeah, I mean, as the boy said, it's difficult to pick because you could nearly pick all of them, but I'd probably go with uh, with Shaka. Um I'm seeing like compilations of Shaka's game uh, now on Twitter. I haven't seen that ever since he came to Arsenal. Uh, I think it, that says, says it quite well how good he's playing. Uh, and he had a, a really good game uh, yesterday. Yeah, Irish Mick has got a really good point in there. We're not carrying anybody now, Trev. Everybody is, everybody's playing for each other. We, we are a united team. And even, even our weakest link is still being lifted by our strongest link. And that was, for me, I saw that demonstrated on the very first game I watched in pre-season where Gabriel Jesus came on in the second half of the Nuremberg game. And players like Saka and Martinelli, who were given the role in the first half with some like lesser players, but even their standard of play lifted so much. And I think that's happened throughout, uh, throughout every game that we've seen. Uh, listen, we should be careful. We don't want to celebrate too much, do we? You know, like the last thing we want to celebrate too much. We wouldn't want players getting among the fans. We wouldn't want, like, you know, fireworks or, um, you know, flares got off at the Emirates. Uh, hang on, sound's gone off. That's the Danish schooners going, oh, come on, bloods. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't I, know, I don't even want to say his name, but like he must be fuming, that guy. Richard King. He, yeah, he? he just does. He came as a bit of a shock to me because I always rated Keys and Gray, you know. And I, and I never expected that ever to see a comment like that from him. And and I I, I, I did as well, Trev. I did as well, and I was very perplexed as why they left suddenly from uh, Sky and Talk Sport. And I subsequently found out the reason. And Mr. Keys yeah. has you know uh, a skeleton closet that he uses keys to open, and we'll leave it just there. So now, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, five out of five in August, mate. This means we've won our open five in leagues of the game uh, of the season for the first time since the 2004-2005 campaign. We came second that season after being in, the voice is gone after being invincible the season before. Trev, can we become? Can we come second or even more next season? Look right. This Look, season, Dan, Dan pulled me up on it the other night, right, and he rightly pulled me up on it when I started talking about the main U game before the Villa game, right? And and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Dan. I'm not even going that far ahead, right? I'm completely in Dan's in Dan's book now, mate. One game at a time. Bring on Man United on, on Sunday. Let's have a great performance. And it's it's a massive, massive game, not just for what happens on the field, but I'm telling you now, every pundit, every media person Every radio, so-called radio presenter on TalkSport and other channels have got their headlines written. They've got their script written for when the Man United beat the Arsenal. They will be celebrating. They will be writing. They will be talking. They will be showing pictures. They will be over the moon if Man United beat Arsenal. So it's a massive game for us. It's a massive statement. There's absolutely no reason why we can't go to Man United and turn them over. They've got a five foot nine centre half, and I don't care how good he is. I don't care how good he is, right? We've seen what's happened with small centre halves at Arsenal in the last few years. They get absolutely bullied and absolutely battered, and that we've got to play to him. We've got to play all over him on Sunday, and we've got a high press, and we've got to play just like we have been playing. 
and trust our manager to get it right. And and we'll do all right on Sunday. And I'm going. I can't wait. I'm going, boys. First game of the season. I'm actually going to be able to go. I cannot He's wait. buying a beer, Dan. He's buying oh, a beer. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, I mean, I haven't got a drink. I, I will not. I will drink, but I will not need to drink. I'll be that high on Sunday. Oh, my Lord. I just wish it was Sunday now. And then, of course, we get back from Manchester on Monday. And what are we doing Tuesday night, Wednesday morning? We're uh, we're all going yeah. on a European tour, a European tour, a European tour. We're all losing our voices between Milan and Zurich. <laughs> you know what? I've got to do 400 miles in a car next week with Fergus. The vomit comment. I'm, no, he's I'm, driving, so it'll be snail mobile. I'm dreading <laughs> it. I'm dreading it. He's going to do my head in. Him and Terry sat the other side, the pair of them. Oh, my oh. Lord. But it'll Obviously, be worth it. When I'm, when I'm snoozing on the plane, I'll be thinking of it, Trev. Yeah. <laughs> I might even just leave the car in Zurich and come back on a plane and leave them there, Dan, to be honest. Well, uh, that'll cost a bit. That cost a big fine as on my credit card. So you do that, yeah, fine. That's great. As, <laughs> that's, is, that's what as, is, as is usually the case with European aways, we've we've been stitched up a little bit because they moved the stadium on us after we booked the flights. So we're gonna. I'm gonna let's say our. That, that's a that's a huge point, though, Trev. Actually, while, while we're on that, because uh, uh, Manchester, we can touch on briefly because we don't know what the lineups are going to be but uh, uh, the game on Thursday um, Zurich fans knew that there was a music concert and athletic um, uh, competition on in the stadium that week and there was no way, even for the moment that game was announced, there was no way that the Arsenal Football Club were going to be attending that stadium in FC Zurich and they all said it was going to St. Gillen people messaged me several times saying his moving to St. Gellin. We all type of looked at him and went, well, we'll just we'll wait and see. And it wasn't until almost the moment they released tickets that they'd done it. And we'd booked flights, we'd booked hotels. It, it, it could have been expensive for people who tried to save 20 or 30 quid. I, 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 I was fortunate enough I put a cancellation in there. But if you didn't, you're screwed. Like, you know, Dan, you've booked stuff. You've gone to Zurich and you've got to go from Zurich to St. Gellin and back again. You've put... 200 quid on a journey you didn't need to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason I've stayed in Zurich in the end anyway is because I said I'm getting a train to Milan after for a couple of days, so it's it's mainly a good hub. But yeah, there's there's lots of people that that could have done other routes. You know, we looked at ourselves at Munich. There's a train train to St. Gallen from there. You know, if more people had known, they could have booked a lot cheaper places and, and avoided it. But... Um, it is what it is. We're. Uh, I'm just looking forward to it. To be honest with you, Trev, we we talked about it. It's not the first time they've done it either, is it, Trev? No, it, it's not. It's it's not the first time. But what what really annoyed me was um, that all these rumours you talk about, Fergus. We all heard them, and we all had suspicions, and, and were quite positive towards. Not ninety percent sure. Yeah, yeah. But on the Arsenal website. It's still at the stadium for about two or three days after the draw. It's still at the stadium that the game is going to be played at as the Zurich Stadium is Zurich, you know. And so you have to take that as gospel. You have to, you think to yourself, yeah, the rumours are the rumours, no matter how strong they are. It's saying on the website that we're playing in the Zurich Stadium. So I do feel sorry. We've managed to get our way around it, Fergus, and we've actually saved ourselves money, haven't we? So yeah, we've, we have, uh, thankfully, yeah. People that are staying in Zurich are paying over £50 return for a train from Zurich to St. Gallen. And then when you get to St. Gallen, you're not there. You've got to get the local light rail out of St. Gallen to the to the stadium that's actually in a bit of a retail park, I think. So, yeah. yeah the state, the state. But, but, Fergus, we've we, we got thick blood, us Arsenal fans. We go to support our side through thick and thin. It don't matter what they do or where they move it or how they how they how are they making to get there. There's always Arsenal fans get there. So and we'll be there and we'll enjoy the night, mate. Uh, Heath in the chat, Orange Jamesons. There is no such thing as Orange Jamesons. How can you have orange and an Irish whiskey? I'll just leave it there. Right. Um, Man United away on Sunday. I'll be meeting meeting you just outside Manchester, Trev, uh, bright and early. Um, I'm with Dan and Terry. 
Um, what are we predicting? I think it's a big, big, big game. It's uh, a test. I, d I don't think Man United are quite there, but it's definitely got to be um, a test for, I suppose, the others to say, who have you played? We've played a lot of really difficult teams. Trev, what are we going for prediction-wise? Oh, I think there could be a few goals in the game, Fergus. But I think looking at our defence and Man United's defence... And our main striker, Man United's main striker, I think will score more goals than Man United. So and I think it could be something like a 3 1. Okay. Alex? I'm going to go a bit opposite of um, Trev. I think it will be a tactical affair and I'll go a scrappy 1 0 to the Arsenal. Wow. Okay. okay. That is. Uh, I don't know if I can see that. I can see. Us conceding and um, Dan, I'm gonna go with 2 1. I think it's gonna be a game where 2 1 to Arsenal, obviously. Not, uh, <laughs> not I mean, I'm, I'm never gonna do that. Um, I feel like it's gonna be a game where we need to manage transitions quite well. United have picked up form a bit, yeah. I think they're winning 1 0 now, from what I can see. They're, they're pretty good still on the counter, so we're gonna have to watch that. And obviously, if Partey's not there. Whoever's playing that role has to have a very good game. But um, I feel like now's the time when we can sort of turn the rot around a bit and have a good performance at Old Trafford. Because it's always been a bit of a ground where we've we've not turned up too many times, um, even when we've been in good form. And I feel like now's the time when, when we can do yeah. it. You're right, Danny. I mean, even in recent years, I can remember one in particular game not many years ago where we've played really really well at Old Trafford really well but we've still not got a result you know so you're right Danny it's difficult but who knows this is a different Arsenal isn't it we've talked about it all night it's a different Arsenal different proposition you know they don't know what's going to hit them I mean all the Man United fans will be going up from London in force because it's like <laughs> their final yeah. Arsenal at Old Trafford so, so I told you it's going to take me longer to get up there isn't it <laughs> But um, if a, a nice win. We all know what's what we've spoke about it. We all know what's waiting in the wings if we lose. All these idiots and clowns are going to be on our backs. But we can't, you know, we've talked about it, but we can't think about it. Just think of how they're going to be feeling when we've won. Whether it be 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, 2-1, 3-1. I don't care. A win's a win, isn't it? And... Uh, we come away from there at the weekend with a win and then people will start seriously taking notice. Seriously. Yeah, I, I do agree, Trev. I do agree. And you know what? We went away, um, well, I, think we're, I don't know many, I lost count on how many pints we are in before and we didn't get a, we had got a Domino's pizza in Wolves and uh, we left that night on a 1-0. One I'd take it, you know. I really no. would take it. What for? No. One nil, I'd take anything. Like no. Xhaka got sent off. We took a lead and we were backs to the wall for the second It was Martinelli, wasn't it? Right. Martinelli, Martinelli, double yellow. Yeah, double yellow. Double yellow, yeah. yeah. Now, there's another decision. Don't start us off on that. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. We was Martinelli. Thank you for that, Alex. But... It was backs to the wall, you know. Yeah. Wolves banged and banged at the door and we stood firm. So, no, Fergus, my old ticker can't take another game like that. <laughs> I'd like us to be yeah, five yeah. up after the first 20 minutes and then I'm just going to stand on a concourse and drink beer. <laughs> uh, listen, um, I've just put it up there. I, I, the people who are listening on audio, it, uh, if you were on um, Facebook, uh, it dropped. Just join us on YouTube and click the bell, and then we'll always remind you when we're coming on. Uh, nice to see some new faces in the chat. Uh, we got Andrew Ritchie, um, who apparently is a colleague of mine, um, and we chatted on uh, some social media platforms, and now we're on WhatsApp chatting to each other. Nice to see you on here joining in the chat. Uh, hopefully, meet up for a beer with you. But Heath, Nobby, um, Irish Mick, uh, we've got um, Arnie. Um, no trolls tonight, which is uh, a little bit of a disappointment. But we got uh, mm. 
uh, quite a lot of the other uh, uh, other regulars that we have on there. Ross was in earlier as well. Um, you have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. We've got no Trev time tonight. Um, oh, but, oh, oh. <laughs> That's what you think. I'll, I'll see you Sunday. I'm <laughs> You're buying the beer. To, I'm going to have to put me ten men tenors on tonight. On me, I'm so excited, and I'm 60 years old. I can't tell. Trev, fucking. I'm going to get you in the mood. I'm going to get you in the mood. Oh. Guns and Ribbons, and remember to rate and review us too.